Hi, everyone. My name is Siva Venkatachalam. I want to welcome you all to our career series audio podcast by the NSNA Education Committee, where we're going to highlight different career paths. In this series, we will interview different individuals from different career paths to find out what their job is like with the hope that the information they share can serve as a resource to those looking to choose a career or for students looking to decide what their career path should be. In today's podcast, we'll be talking with Arun Chetty from California. Arun did his master's in chemical engineering at MIT, after which he worked in various technical roles at Brookhaven National Labs and DuPont. He then pursued an MBA from the University of Michigan's Ross School and joined Intel Corporation in their operations finance group, first as an analyst and rose to become a controller. He then spent five years as director in Intel's mergers and acquisitions group. For the last 16 years, Arun has been in Intel's, Intel's venture capital group, where he's now a managing director. Intel Capital is one of the largest technology-focused venture capital funds, and Arun's role is to identify investments in leading-edge technology startups and help those startups with their strategy and growth plans. Arun serves as a board director in several startups. So welcome, Arun. We're so happy to have you here to talk to us about finance today. Thank you, Siva. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to the discussion. Great. So maybe we can get started and you can just tell us, I know finance is an extremely broad field, uh, an expansive field. So if you could just give us a little bit about what is the field of uh, finance and what does it entail? Yes, Suva, you're absolutely right. Uh, finance is an extremely broad field. I think, you know, if you look at other professions like medicine uh, or doctors and, and lawyers, I think um, it's a little bit easier to understand those. Uh, finance tends to be quite broad. So I was thinking about how to best characterize it, and I, I would put it into four categories. Um, so you have um, you have what I call uh, operations finance, which is where uh, you would work in a large company in their finance uh, department um, and help uh, help with the um, operations finance part of their of their business. Uh, looking at budgets and planning uh, and doing some analysis on various projects that they may want to uh, embark on to see whether it's profitable uh, or if it could be profitable or not. Uh, then you have sort of the accounting side uh, of, um, of finance, which, uh, again, you could be working in a large corporation or you could be working in an accounting firm like a Pricewaterhouse or Ernst & Young or maybe one of the smaller firms. Um, so you could be in one of those, or you could be in, in a large company in the accounting department where you're applying uh, accounting principles to, to various transactions that have happened in the companies and uh, fig figuring out how to appropriately account for those. Um, then you have uh, what I call the investment management uh, aspect of finance, where you could be working in a private equity firm or a hedge fund. Uh, or um, or a venture capital fund, um, uh, or or maybe a, a fund that is more focused on issuing debt and credit lines and and term loans, etc., to companies. Uh, but it's all about uh, investments and managing those investments. And then the fourth category is what I would call advisory part of finance, where you'd be working in an investment bank. Uh, advising companies on acquisitions, buying mm -hmm. companies or selling companies, 
and you're really a partner to those companies and advising them on on the on the whole process. So investment banking is is one. Uh, yeah, so you could be uh, advising companies, or um, or you could be you know there are companies that could be going through restructurings or bankruptcy proceedings, and again there are firms that are focused on advising those companies on how to best restructure the companies. So that's what I'd call kind of the, the restructuring uh, or the advisory part of finance. So there's the operations finance, there's mm-hmm. the accounting side, there's the investment management side, and then kind of the advisory side. This doesn't capture all of the, the things in finance. I'm sure there are a lot of other things outside of these as well or, or uh, associated with these, like, for example, auditing, um, uh, tax um, uh, tax accounting. So there are a lot of additional things that uh, I don't have a lot of experience in, but th- those are also uh, relevant in, in a finance career. It's not clear cut boundaries between these categories, right? So someone who mm-hmm. is uh, doing operations finance would have to understand uh, some aspects of accounting and vice versa. So it's not a clear boundary between these. Yes, no, that's great. I was just going to say that's a wonderful breakdown of uh, helping us kind of to understand in different categories, you know, what the different aspects of of finance are. And then thinking of of those four um, kind of main groups that you mentioned, could you tell us a little bit about a different career paths within those different um, aspects? Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I assume you're talking about what would a typical career path be within those, right? And obviously, it's it's different, but but let's take a look at operations finance, for example. Um, you typically join as an analyst, um, and then you know you progress to to a senior analyst, and then a, a finance manager, uh, and then a controller, and then a senior controller, and then group controller, and and eventually a CFO, right? So that's the typical okay. career path. Mm-hmm. So that's the CFO organization. Uh, okay. within within uh, operations finance in a company. And as an analyst, you're, you know, really doing a lot of uh, nitty gritty work on, on collecting details on various projects, uh, putting them into a model and, and analyzing them. And in a senior analyst, you'd be doing more of that, but perhaps working on, on bigger projects. And, and as a finance manager, you'd be doing some of that, but you're, you'd also be managing a larger team. And as a controller, you're really a business partner to the general manager of that business, and mm-hmm. and you're working with them on, uh, on whether a particular decision that that business is taking is is uh, is wise or not through, uh, um, you know, factual analysis of the data. So that would be a typical career path within, uh, within operations finance. And then on the investment management side, typically again you join as an associate. Uh, quickly become a senior associate, then uh, a, a, perhaps a vice president or a principal, uh, and then a, a partner, uh, mm-hmm. and then a general partner or a senior partner after that point, um, and then a managing director uh, in, in a venture capital uh, type fund. Uh, so that would be a typical career path in, in, a, um, in a kind of an investment management side of, mm-hmm. of finance. Um, and and in the in the um, advisory side, if you look at the investment uh, banks, mm-hmm. for example, typically you again join as a as an associate and become a senior associate, and then a principal, uh, and eventually you know rise up to a managing director. So pretty similar to the okay. investment management side of finance. 
Uh, the accounting aspect of it, I'm not too familiar with that side. I don't have uh, any experience in the accounting side of finance, mm-hmm. uh, but I would imagine it's 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 pretty similar um, uh, to to operations finance. Okay, thank you. Um, I know that uh, as we've already talked to you, finance is or is an extremely broad field, and it looks like there's many different aspects to it. Can you speak a little bit to about where do you see the future going? and what could yeah. um, kids uh, look forward to? Yeah, I think um, one of the, the things that's happening in a lot of industries is, mm-hmm. is technology is, is really uh, changing kind of the, the, the uh, future direction of a lot of mm-hmm. uh, uh, professional career paths, right? And, mm-hmm. and there, it's not just technology, there's uh, regulatory and, and government policy aspects as well that uh, are impacting, like for example, in medicine, uh, there are a lot of changes potentially in the, in the healthcare field that could affect how uh, that industry changes. Likewise, in in the investment um, and, and finance uh, area, there there are a lot of things happening in the technology side, mm-hmm. which kind of automates a lot of the um, uh, the tasks that a typical finance analyst or a typical associate would have been doing um, over the last few years, right? So, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of um, um, like RPA, they call it robotic process automation type software that takes care of a lot of the routine tasks okay. so that, um, uh, so that the, the analysts really have to be focused on very um, high value added tasks mm-hmm. and, and and so you really need to be um, thinking about about how do I really add value to my organization, right? I think a lot of the routine tasks will will kind of either go away or be minimized over the years. And even on the investment management side, right? If you if you take a look at companies like uh, uh, BlackRock and and Fidelity and so forth that manage a lot of investments, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of automation that's coming in as well, and the, and the margins are really uh, going down. So I think mm-hmm. even there, a lot of the routine uh, investment tasks will get automated and uh, people really have to focus on the higher value added um, tasks in, in those jobs. Okay. Right. So it's a, you know, in one way, that's good if a lot of those routine things are automated. And so you need more sharp thinkers to to do that high value added work. So speaking of which, who exactly would you recommend this uh, um, career for then? Right. So um, that's interesting because when, when I went into this, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't start off my career in the finance side of things or the investment side of things. Right. I started mm-hmm. off as an engineer. Yeah. Um, I sort of kind of discovered over time that that I really love this and, and kind of moved in this direction. But for someone who is really thinking about uh, finance as a career from from early on, Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that one, they would have to be really um, good with the basics, right? Which is good with numbers, and they just have to love numbers and know how to, you know, really be good with that and be very comfortable and and um, have that analytical kind of bent uh, in their thinking, mm-hmm. right? So that that's one. Second, uh, I would say that um, they need to have this curiosity about businesses, right? H- how does um, how does a business work, right? Uh, what is the product they make and why is it people buy that product? What is it that they love about it? What is the problem that it solves? 
how do they sell the product, right? How could they mm -hmm. potentially uh, make it a bigger market? Um, they have to have this curiosity about businesses and how it works um, and, and, you know, why a business fails or why a business succeeds. And um, uh, I think that's kind of a, the second aspect to it, right? And mm -hmm. third is they just need to be able to work um, a lot of the finance professions, especially on the investment management side. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, if you're working in Wall Street or something, they tend to be very fast paced, high pressure type type roles. And, and, and um, they need to be able to be comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. and, and lastly, I think there's, as with any profession, um, there are a lot of people aspects to it. They need to be able to be comfortable uh, working with people and building that relationship and, and um, you know, and, and not think about it as, hey, I just want to do my job, do a good job and be done and, and go home, right? right. Um, there's, there's that kind of networking and social aspect to it. And, and um, you know, building that relationship is important in moving ahead as well within any setting that uh, someone is working in. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit more about then, like what kind of um, specific training or educational requirements one should look into if they're earlier on in their career, you know, if they're a high school student or college student who have decided that this is the path they want to take? Yeah. Um, uh, so, it, I, I, you know, in the case with finance, really people um, get into it through all kinds of uh, different undergraduate education, right? But if, mm -hmm. like you said, if someone has decided early on that, hey, they really want to go down the finance path, mm -hmm. um, doing some uh, either courses or a program or a degree, mm -hmm. uh, such as a BA um, or, or a bachelor's of finance, if there's a program like that that exists at, at their university, I'd recommend that they you know, evaluate that and see whether they'd be interested in it, take a couple of courses in that program and uh, early on in their freshman year and, mm -hmm. and see if they like it and, and then, you know, make that kind of their, their full-time program if they really love it. Um, so certainly, um, you know, focusing on, on a program that is, um, that has a lot of courses in, in finance, accounting, um, corporate strategy, you know, those kind of courses would definitely help. Um, the other thing I'd recommend is outside of courses, um, you know, focus on, on getting to know people who are in these roles, right, uh, mm -hmm. through various uh, events that the universities may, may put up uh, or through, um, you know, family connections or, or, or friends, whatever, right? So get, get mm -hmm. to know people who are in these careers and get exposed to that, right? I think right. one of the things I uh, got exposed to when I was uh, uh, young is pretty much just engineers and doctors. So I thought those were the only two uh, professions out there and I chose the engineering path. Um, but I think the more people are exposed to early on, I think they'll be able to make um, uh, wiser decisions. So I definitely recommend getting exposure to that through through either activities, clubs, events, um, family connections, you know, getting to know people and, and just being curious about, about different careers. 
Yeah, I think that's some good advice, really getting that exposure and learning more about the the field. It's uh, That's a, a wonderful way to get to know more. Um, speaking of yeah. which, then, is there any specific types of internship or experiences specifically that you would recommend? And even so, thinking a little bit more earlier for like the high school students, um, I understand if you, know, if you decide to go into a program for finance or a degree program, then that may open up a few more doors. But even a little bit earlier on, are there specific types of experiences or internships, classes, anything that you could do? Um, yeah, uh, you know, I think typically in in college after sophomore year, it becomes mm-hmm. a little bit easier to get sort of a formal internship uh, mm-hmm. in in companies. Um, it could be a large company or it could be a small startup. Um, and and you know just go go you know be be um, persistent right about mm-hmm. trying to get one of those internships okay and uh, and in some cases you know you may have to uh, you know if you really like a startup company you know you could just go out there and say hey I'll even volunteer I'll, sure. I'll do yeah. this job for you guys this summer because experience is what counts not mm-hmm. getting that couple of thousand dollars after your sophomore year right right if you right. get that experience it's worth a lot lot more in the long run. So, you know, just get that somehow for for people who are uh, in high school mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, freshman year in college, mm-hmm. uh, it is a little bit more challenging. Right. It's, it's, it's right. not as easy. So they have to be really creative about getting these internships, but they could work with local organizations um, mm-hmm. and and, you know, help them out in their finance uh, finance department, accounting department, or whatever, and get an early start on on volunteering and in putting things together, right? Whether it's it's some you know the the treasury um, uh, person of that of that community organization, they need help uh, putting things together, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of getting um, closer to to the numbers and and how they're applied and how they're used and how they're used to manage an organization, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of volunteering or in that sense in those organizations early on in high school that may be one opportunity or you know if there are a lot of startups near your area i'm sure they would um uh you know appreciate uh, a smart uh mm-hmm. young person to come in and help out with some of the the, the finance related tasks um and and so kind of pursuing that i think might be good as well um or you know, volunteering in, in the university's own finance department, right, mm-hmm. um, uh, mm-hmm. or accounting department. So it, just being creative about getting some sort of um, experience early on, uh, uh, whether it's through volunteering or perhaps, you know, if you're lucky, it could be a paid job as well. Um, but yeah. I definitely recommend um, recommend that uh, early on. But certainly after fr- uh, sophomore year in college, mm-hmm. uh, it does become a little bit easier and, and going through the university postings or uh, through through personal connections mm-hmm. um, a little bit easier to get those done. Yeah, that's true. I think um, as you get older, definitely with the more experience you have too, it becomes easier to get some of the more formalized internships, but that's a great idea to try to maybe even do volunteer work or be creative about where you look for those opportunities. Um, that's some good information. Uh, I, I'm also curious, you mentioned like degree programs and things, and if you're in a formalized degree, then going forward a little bit later on in your career, I realize that we could probably have a separate discussion on the next question I'm going to ask, but um, like in terms of the value of the MBA, do you feel it's for necessary to go on and get even higher education or kind of the 
um, career opportunities after the undergraduate degree? Yeah, that's a good question because I think there, there, uh, it's a pretty active um, discussion going on yes. now about the value of MBA. Mm-hmm. But I think today in certain fields, right? So if you if you want to be in uh, private equity, for example, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, having an MBA is certainly very important. Um, on average, having the MBA is definitely helpful. But in the technology um, industry, right, mm. especially in the startup world, um, there are some fields that are evolving so rapidly, right, uh, mm. like in the field of AI or in the field of cryptocurrency mm. um, and in certain uh, other areas, right, some perhaps autonomous driving. So there are certain uh, industries that are changing so much that if after an undergraduate um, you uh, you get a job in one of those industries, you're mm-hmm. going to be learning so much so fast, right? Basically, drinking from a fire hose and 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 taking uh, and and if you've decided that hey, you love that industry and that's the kind of industry that you want to grow in, whether it's that same company or another company mm-hmm. in that industry, but you love that industry and that's what you want to grow in, taking a mm-hmm. couple of years time off to do MBA. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to weigh the pros and cons, right? And and mm. so there's two years of career path progression um, that you would give up, um, two years of pay, and then on top of that, uh, two years of tuition, room, and board, um, mm. which is approaching 80, 90K per year, right, for mm. MBA. Um, so you kind of weigh all of that versus the, the, the pros. Okay. And, and so, you know, it's not so clear cut in certain fields. Hmm. But if you're going in, into the traditional sort of um, uh, finance uh, um, ladder, right, you want to go into private equity, you want to mm-hmm. go into uh, uh, rise up in the investment banking field and all that, right? So I think certainly in those areas, having MBA is still valued. Okay. And, um, and so, so, yeah, I, I think it, it depends on what you want to do, right? So typically okay. what happens is someone gets an undergraduate, they go work for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. two, three years, and then they decide whether they want to go uh, do MBA or not. If in those two to three years, they're working in investment banking and they want to continue growing investment banking, most likely they will go do an MBA. Okay. Uh, same mm-hmm. thing in private equity. But if they've entered, you know, uh, into a job in, in, in um, you know, whatever, in autonomous driving or cryptocurrency company or mm-hmm. whatever, right? And th- they may decide otherwise. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Um, and I think you touched upon this a little bit earlier too, but could you speak a little bit to the, the kind of skills that you would need to be successful in this field and really what kind of qualities do you look for when you're hiring somebody um, for a finance type job? Yeah. And, and it kind of goes back a little bit to kind of the, some of the points I made earlier, right? Which is one, they, they just need to be really good with numbers mm-hmm. and love numbers and be, have a really sharp analytical mind, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, that's good, and then most Nagaratars, I think, are tend to come from a from a you know numbers background, and and mm-hmm. so they they generally uh, are are very very good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I I would also want to see someone who um, basically uh, you know has interest in um, in understanding the business, 
right? Mm -hmm. What drives the business? What are the key um, performance indicators of the business, right? And, and um, you know, some, some indication that they've, um, they really understand the product or the technology and how it's sold and, and kind of some of the key things that drive the business, right? You have mm -hmm. to have that curiosity. And and there are some people who don't, right? And that's okay because they they love something else. They they love, you know, whatever. They they love being a doctor and they love taking care of other people. Just fine. Mm -hmm. That's their strength. But right. for a finance person, one of the key um, strengths ought to be that they have a curiosity about about businesses and and how it operates. Um, and I don't expect that they're going to to be an expert in understanding that in day one, mm -hmm. but um, but knowing that they they've read up on it, they they you know they they're asking good questions about the business. I think all of that is 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 important, right? So if someone is just good with numbers and then they just come in and say, hey, you know, I'm uh, great, I want want a job kind of thing, right? That that's that's not sufficient. You gotta you gotta show that interest. You gotta go uh, further than than just being good with the numbers. Um, and then the third aspect is you know just be good in interacting with people. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, it's 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 important in the finance field. Um, and, you know, again, I, I don't expect a young person to to really uh, be totally smooth and know, know how to do all of that early on. Right. I didn't. Uh -huh. um, but we all learn over time. But but there are some people who, you know, they're, maybe they're so good in software and they're just happy just being by themselves and developing world-class um, algorithms and whatever, right? And they're really good at it and they're happy and working by themselves and that's fine. You know, that, that's them. But mm -hmm. in finance, I think you, you can't get uh, too far ahead if if that's, you know, if that's how you operate and that's what makes you happy, right? You got to be able to work in large teams to be able to interact with them. You may have to uh, uh, follow a leader. Sometimes, sometimes you have to lead a large team. You have to be comfortable with that as you move on uh, in mm -hmm. your career, right? You don't. I don't expect that that someone would be good at doing all of that in day one, but they have to have some indications that they can move in that direction. Um, so those are things that I would look for as well as I as I talk to someone. And someone could gain that experience by just you know working in their university clubs and being in a leadership role or, or being part of a big team, leading a project within that club, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they kind of get more comfortable with, uh, with doing all of that, make mistakes when you're in college. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. It's, it's great, right? You, you, those yeah. are free lessons. Um, uh, and uh, so make as many mistakes you can and learn from that and before you get into your professional career. All right. That's some great advice. Yes. Um, I wanted to also ask you about, let's say somebody makes the decision to pursue finance a little bit later in their career too. And maybe this even um, mm -hmm. relates back to your own story, being a chemical engineer by training, and then you switched into finance. How do you make that transition or what advice do you have for someone who's making that change a little bit later? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that's interesting about finance is people um, get into finance after doing undergraduate in all kinds of different fields, right? So you will see people in private equity that have done their undergraduate in the classics, right? Mm -hmm. 
and 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 then they've gotten um, you know, but, but along the way they've done some some um, taken some finance courses as well, and and you know obviously have an aptitude for numbers. So they mm-hmm. get into into a job, and then they get an MBA after that, and then keep progressing in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that uh, if you have an engineering type degree, mm-hmm. um, that's awesome, right? Because a lot of, um, uh, especially uh, on the operations, finance, and the the investment management among those four categories I mentioned. The operations, finance, investment management, and uh, and and the, and the uh, kind of the advisory side of finance. Having an engineering background is 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 awesome because it makes it easier uh, to understand a lot of the, the the products and technology behind those products, mm. and and you know and kind of really really get into 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 uh, into a company's product, right? So I, I think that that really does help. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily need to jump into a, a um, uh, finance course from day one, right? Yeah. So you could do engineering, you could do whatever classics, but do take a lot of uh, finance courses along the way as well. But your major doesn't necessarily need to be in, in finance. But let's say that you didn't do that and, and you just you, you just studied engineering or you just studied um Mm-hmm. you know, uh, architecture, and, and you just uh, got into those fields, and then you started working for two, three years, like in my case, and then you decided, you know what, um, I, I this is, um, you know, I not really for me, I don't see myself long term doing this, I want to really um, get into more business side of things. Mm-hmm. One could do MBA after that, too. If you go to an MBA program, there's mm-hmm. a, there are a good number of people who didn't take too many finance courses, right? And mm. did not ever think that they would want to go into the business side of things when they were an undergraduate. But after they after they started working, they they found out that you know they interacted with people mm-hmm. in their company in their job and found out that hey, this is interesting. I want to do this also. And then they applied to business school and get it, which is what happened to me, right? Mm. I never had exposure to business people. Um, growing up when I was in high school or uh-huh. um, uh, or in, in undergraduate. But once I started working uh, as an engineer, I did work with some of the people uh, on the business side at, at various companies. And I'm like, hey, you know, what they're doing is something that looks really interesting and, and I want to do something similar. So let me apply to business school and, and kind of start moving down that path. So that's what kind of happened to me. And mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine, right? Uh, sure. I think that, that that's okay. And the engineering background still helps me today, right, in my current job. Right, right. Okay, that's great. Um, and and speaking about your own personal story a little bit more, can you tell us what um, a typical day for you is like in your current job and what you find most uh, enjoyable and most rewarding about your career? Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't say there's a typical day. There's a uh, there's a there's a typical project, if you will, right? Okay. And and there are various things that one needs to do to to complete that that project, and and so and that varies from day to day. So there's no 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 typical kind of mm-hmm. thing. So if I can kind of describe what the project looks like. So what I do is I look for um, startups 
that are developing interesting technologies mm-hmm. um, that um, that could be uh, either revolutionary or or address a big problem that's out there, right? Mm-hmm. A customer has a big problem and this company is going after a solution that could help address that in a big way. So I look for companies that are developing interesting technologies that we can invest in okay. with the goal of, of really making um, uh, a, a successful uh, investment um, for, for Intel, right? Because mm-hmm. after all, we're investing Intel Corporation's money. Mm-hmm. And so what that involves is, number one, you have to be able to source those um, deals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be able to, to have a network of, of people, of founders, network of venture capital firms, um, um, you know, just basically network of industry experts out there and be able to constantly talk with them, go to conferences, um, various meetings, and, and you're talking to these VCs and entrepreneurs and, and uh, industry experts, and you try to identify what's going on in the industry, who are, who are who's starting a, um, a, you know, a new company, and what are they doing. So you have to be able to network and try to identify, okay, well, okay here are some startups that are happening that look interesting. Let me go talk to them. So mm-hmm. one is kind of sourcing deals, right? And that requires mm-hmm. a lot of networking. So I spend a lot of time going out and just having lunches and coffee and and, and uh, okay. talking to all these various entrepreneurs and, and venture capitalists and so forth. Second is once you um, identify a company that looks interesting, you got to go through the process of getting introduction to the founder of that company, meeting uh, uh, with, with that founding team, uh, understanding the technology, understanding the market, um, uh, how are they selling the product, what are the challenges that they're facing, what is the background of the team, how can we, uh, uh, Intel and, and me personally, how can I help them uh, if we did make an investment and we're part of the board, how could we help them, right? So kind of going through that whole process and that requires a lot of meetings, talking to industry analysts to understand what the potential market is for that product. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's like several weeks of what I call market industry research and doing diligence on the, on the team and the product, right? And, and just okay. basically talking to various analysts and industry experts um, to, to do that diligence. And then the third aspect is once you've decided, okay, this is an interesting company, you want to take it forward for approval, then you, you uh, go to your management committee and you've got to prepare an, a presentation to review it with your executive committee to get approval to go ahead and invest whatever it is, $5 million or $10 million in the startup. Mm-hmm. Then once you in, get the approval and you invest in the company, then we're part of the board. And we help develop the strategy, help make customer connections, et cetera, and basically help the company grow. So I'm spending time on making customer introductions and um, various other important introductions for the, for the founding team and to help grow the company over time. Um, we, we, by being on the board, we also help with corporate governance, mm-hmm. um, all of those issues, right? And long term, the objective is to take the company to a successful exit. So we then make a profitable return on our investment. So that's really a multi-year project. Okay. And there are various tasks along the way that, that we get involved in. 
Okay, great. That's very interesting. Um, if there is one final key takeaway piece of advice or information you'd like folks to remember from your talk today, uh, um, anything you'd like to share? Yeah, um, what I would say is um, try to get exposure to as many fields as you can. And, and if you have an inclination towards numbers and finance, mm -hmm. um, be creative about how you get exposure to these people. It could be just attending events at your university. Um, it, could be, it could be through some volunteer uh, type opportunities. It could be through uh, various clubs. But the important thing is to get exposure to find out is this something that that interests you right mm -hmm. and um and, and then also keep an open mind about um any career where when you enter the career obviously you're going to be doing a lot of nitty-gritty work as in any any career and then over time as you pick up more responsibilities then you know you're going to be involved in in much bigger decisions mm -hmm. um uh, you know, looking back at my own career, if I look back at the first couple of years, it was just a lot of detail work and I almost got frustrated. But mm -hmm. I hung in there and then over time, um, you know, things uh, became more more interesting. So hang in there as with any career. Okay. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I would like to emphasize, get exposure to, um, uh, to various uh, careers in finance through by being creative about um, various opportunities out there. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about the field of finance. It is a, definitely a um, very expansive field, a lot of information, a um, lot of things to learn, but you've given, um, I think, students a lot of useful information they can use to determine if finance could be the right career path for them and definitely to understand what it would take to be successful in the field as well. Um, if you'd have questions that you'd like to ask Arun, you can email the NSNA Education Committee at nsnaedu at achi.org, and we'll be happy to get those questions to Arun to answer. So I just want to say once again, thanks again to Arun, and thanks to everyone for listening. Bye. Thanks, so that was a pleasure. Thank have you. A good day. You too. Thank you.